You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is Sajad Ayyub and Sheikh Ibrahim Skaitama. You're joining us for discourse number 10, Journeying Through the Three Stations. In your book, you describe the three stations, each one quite different and represents the level of maturity. Could you please distinguish these for the listeners? So uh, these three stations are stations that I would, uh, are, um, uh, are stations of one's inner journey. Um, so uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, they're, not, so they're not full descriptions of maturation. They kind of that's that's a different discussion. That's so. What are the phases that you go through in the sinner journey? And the first phase is really just about compliance. Um, it is um, uh, you you uh, you do the practices because um, it's required of you to do the practices because good people do the practices. And, um, and, uh, and basically, you are in that station, your worship is, 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 is the worship of um, uh, an employee or a bonds, a slave, that would be a little bit uh, strong. But it, it's, it's, it's an undignified haggle, like we've spoken about before, because you're saying, okay, look, I mean, actually stopping this transaction now that is lucrative transaction that I'm doing in my shop to go to uh, my masala and uh, this is this is this is difficult but I'm doing this because I have to do this I'm doing this because I need I want to be a good person and I want to earn benefit from my rob so so you uh, you're basically a contracted hireling you know this is not uh, the action of a free person, but it, it, it is sets you on a journey because, you know, there's um, this wonderful metaphor about what the journey, the nature of the journey. They say when you start off on, your, on this journey, you're like a person who hears there's a fire in the forest and, and you're just intrigued by this notion, you know, that there's a fire in the forest. So you you um, you you then start walking in that direction. Um, uh, so so if our worship creates the condition, if our worship starts to gain depth, we're not just doing it uh, uh, purely just for the sake of uh, of earning reward. We're not just negotiating. So on occasion, you're doing this on an ongoing basis. You you kind of learning the habit and you sort of sticking to your salah and then on occasion you have this incredible experience of just immense peace after the end of a salah you know which is and it lasts for hours now you, so you start sensing but there's something here which is which is an end in itself i'm not doing this to get something else the thing that i'm looking for isn't so so the masala isn't a means to an end the thing that i'm looking for is on the masala you know, something happens there, which is almost, it almost overturns my whole experience of things. It's not, so you start getting a sense that this thing isn't just about being a good person. This thing is 
just about, you know, writing up your account for Ach doing things that your client takes to do if you want to be a good person. There's something there, which is an end and something there, which is interesting in its own right. Um, then you kind of, the, the, then you start, you, then you sort of, you're now walking this path. You, you're no longer doing your practice, uh, you know, in, in a spirit of negotiating. You start, you on occasion, you get tastes of, of a, of a, of a comfort and of a, a sense of, of grace and um, security that is a little bit like a child um, that goes out to play and plays and gets hurt and then comes back to the mother. Mm. You know, it comes back to the, to, to the lap. You start having more and more of that experience where the masala is like the lap. The masala is the place that you come back to because you find real security there. Mm. You know, a real sense of quietness, a real sense of, of peace. And and so so you it's no longer you you no longer have this experience that you have to tear yourself away from the transaction uh, to do this onerous thing of getting your head on the masala. You actually take great pleasure out of escaping the transaction because the transaction makes you agitated, makes you worried. You but what maybe I'm going to lose and you know I'm not he's not going to screw me over and I'm going to out negotiate. You can escape that, the threat of it, uh, increasingly a sense of escaping that so that you go to this place where all of that just sort of kind of just evaporates. It's no longer an issue. It goes like mist in front of the sun, you know. And uh, so that's a great, you have more and more of that experience as you begin, as you continue with your practice, a greater and greater sense of, of coming home to mother. Of, and and that, that, that coming home to mother is, is having real experiential reward, immediately implicit in doing the practice. So the, the reward isn't in Akhira. My experience, or it's not just in Akhira, my reward is the moment I've stood, stood onto the Masana, I've put, there's like an immediate sense of peace. That's a reward in itself, you know, and so you can describe that experience. Then, if so, you've heard that there's a fire in the forest, you know, and you said, okay, and then eventually you start walking in that direction, and then one day you round a corner and you see, but you can see there's a a, a, a glow on the horizon. You start seeing real evidence for the fire, experiential evidence for the fire. You can see that it's there. So you have real experiential, so, so, you know, so in other words, Janat isn't on the other side of the grave only. Janat is in, it's on the masala. Mm. It's, it's there. Something happens to you there, which is a smell of it. You get a whiff of it, you know? So, and then increasingly you go to the masala because you want that smell again. And the smell gets stronger and stronger every time you go on. And you get more and more comfort from doing this. And you start recognizing the experience that you have on the masala in other experiences. So I, I explained to you previously that uh, the, um, the Rasul Salaam said that, archer, that between the, the archer and the target is a stretch of Janat. You know? 
So when you, you when you start doing the thing to do it, because that's a very interesting metaphor. There's me subject, there's there's object the target, and then there's the the flight of the arrow, which is the process, and Janet is there. So there's me, the prayer, there's the object, which is the reward I'm trying to get. But actually, the Janat is to be found in the process of doing the prayer. In the process. In the, so I started having that experience more and more. I started realizing that, hold on, you know, this thing, I do this thing to do this thing. I don't do this thing to get something out of it. Doing this thing is its reward, own reward. You have more and more of that experience and you get, in a sense, you become closer and closer to the fire. You start seeing more and more of this. You have more and more sensory vindication of your initial, of the news you heard when you first started the journey. You start not just seeing it, you start smelling it. You start, on occasion, you choke on smoke. You kind of, you start hearing the roar of the flames. You start experiencing more and more of firsthand experience of this thing. And then it becomes something that you're so fascinated with. Actually, you don't, you, 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 you don't have to get dragged from the transaction to the masala. You have to be dragged from the masala to the transaction. Your life inverts. You know, um, it's of, uh, because you, you then start having, expressing this very real uh, insight that, you know, what is life but five prayers and death and waiting for death. Mm. You know, everything else is just frivolous. It's a waste of time, you know, because it's just that you're alive, you're quintessentially alive in a way that you can't even begin to describe when you're on the masala. But then what happens is that you start finding more and more of the traces in other experiences you start you start realizing that hold on it is the what happens to my attention when i'm on the masala the sense of complete dedication to what i'm doing in the moment that i'm in i can actually find that in other experiences so i discovered for instance i could eat like that so rather than making a hell of a lot of noise when I'm eating and just eating to be sated and eating to fill them all, I eat not to be full. I eat to savor the food. Now, that's a whole different way of eating, you know, which means that your food portions, by definition, become smaller because you want to savor it. You don't want to just gulp it in. You want to, you know, smell it, taste it. You want to give attention to the process and not just the result. You're not eating to get full. You're eating to eat well. And then you discover, but I can dress like this. I can brush my teeth like this. So the experience that you have in the masala leaks off the masala. And it starts to infect other bits of your experience. You start eating worshipfully. You start driving your car worshipfully. You start... Um, listening to your spouse worshipfully, you know? In other words, for a moment, you're not trying to argue back. For a moment, you're not trying to take the conversation anywhere or achieve something. For a moment, you're just really trying to listen to this person. You suspend your agenda entirely, and you allow listening to be the object of this experience, not a result you're trying to achieve. So more and more of that experience eventually 
your life is that experience. Your life is this absolute rootedness in worshipfulness, which becomes expressed in all your other experiences. Hmm. Then you become the fire in the forest. Then it's a living reality. Yeah. And you never finally are the fire in the forest. So unless there's always an element of endeavor, you will still get knocked off. In fact, you will get knocked off even if there's an element of endeavor. You'll get knocked off the masala. You'll get knocked off. You'll lose the station for a moment. You will get angry stupidly or whatever, because it is something that we are designed to struggle at. Our lives are supposed to be a jihad. It's not supposed to be uh, plain sailing. I mean, that's not how, how it is. I mean, you know, kind of, and the, the bigger jihad, as we know, is the jihad of the inner. This journey is the big jihad. So we start off like a, 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 um, this journey, like a, a bondsman and um, a hireling, you know, having to sort of earn our way. And that's his ruse to get us onto the masala. But then we discover the masala, which then creates the conditions where, hold on, you know, this is a, there's comfort there. This is like going back to mother's lap. And then I discover that mother's lap isn't the masala. Mother's lap is my entire life. It's all that. And all of the, 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 the agitation and the kind of in sort of the, the disquiet that I experienced, this is, this is a, a phantom that I scare myself with. The reality is that Allah is. The reality is that Allah is inescapable. The reality that the peace that he represents is the ground of it is what existence is constructed from. It is what you are constructed from. And that reality is closer to you than your life. It is inescapable. It is who you are. You've just chosen to forget it. Then you are the fire in the forest when you understand that. Then, then you are as close as, damn it, to being unruffleable. You know. Yes. Thank you very much for that. Now I'm interested in martial arts. I've been doing martial arts since I was 15. And one of my heroes mm. echoes, first you study the art, then you master the art, then you become the art. He also talked about a fight being like a play with the hittings happening all by itself, as if there's no will. Is this something that you can relate to? Of course, I mean, he was you know, very influenced by mm. his philosophy and also likely, you know, some of his, some of his mm. friends were Sufis, some of his actor friends. Mm. Do you have any examples mm. of something that you can relate to? Like Mm. Yeah, so, so uh, this is um, so, so uh, how this relates to what we just said before is this idea that that the, between the target and the archer is a stretch of dunnut. Mm. You know, many many traditions have this view. The Zulus say about dancing um, that you start off the dancer dances the dance, but you then something changes with the dance dances the dancer. 
you know that that you you become there's you 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 no longer become the one who is doing you become the one who has done too um we've spoken about the difference between predatory and receptive attention before and another way of describing this distinction that you've just referred to is that it's the difference between predatory and receptive attention so we do sometimes at the Zawiya here, we do a, a practice, um, uh, which is really about teaching people the two different ways of walking, just walking, all activity walking. It's, uh, so um, uh, it's, it's at the bottom of our property, there's a, it's called Fifth Road, and um, it's about, probably about, I don't know, two or three kilometers long from end to end. And it's got, it's, it's got, a row of gum trees on either side of the road. So it's like a, a, a lane of gum trees. There's gum trees at the end. So at the bottom of the road, there's a south road, but there's a, some gum trees. And at the top of the, the, the back end of the road, there's also gum trees. So it's like this tunnel of gum. And so, and it's slightly downhill going from kind of west to east. And uh, you start off with a group of people. It's fascinating to watch this, actually. You start off with a group of people. You stand on the, the top end of the road. And you say to them, you see over there at the bottom there, we're going to walk there. I want you to get there. You know, let's just walk. And that's the only instruction you give people. And so they, they then start walking in order to get there. And they, they, it's, it's amazing what happens. I mean, they, 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 you can actually see people almost jostling each other. They become competitive because everybody's trying to get there and everybody and getting there first in a sense, you know? So, so and, and by the time they get there, they're slightly irritated with each other, you know? And, and they're actually quite depleted from this walk because they were trying to get there, you see. Once you get to the bottom, you turn them around. Now imagine this, you're facing slightly uphill. You see, so you say to them, well, 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 what I want you to do is I want you to walk back to where we came from, to the gum trees at the other end. But this time, don't look at, well, there's a bit of a technical thing that I need to describe here. There's a difference between focus and attention. They're not necessarily the same thing. You can give attention to something you're not focusing on. Like right now, if you're focusing directly on me in the screen and you can just catch sight of maybe your elbow, or your hand in your peripheral vision, you can still give attention to what's in your peripheral vision without focusing on it. So that's what I tell people to do that. I say, you know, walking back, um, you can focus at the trees at the end, but don't give attention to that. Give attention to the row of trees in your peripheral vision as they slip past you, you know? When that group gets back, they've had a really enjoyable walk. They've experienced far more things than what they experienced going down. I mean, the mo most extreme I had once, there was a, the, the, a farmer had fertilized a field on the side of the road and it really stank. Nobody noticed the smell on the way out. They only noticed it on the way back. So they were allowing more stuff in. They were sort of smelling, they were experiencing, they were looking at things. You know, they kind of, uh, they, they had a much more pleasant, and amazing if you time it, they were actually faster coming back than going down. They were less tired coming back than going down, you know, despite the fact that coming back is uphill. Now, how on earth do you account for this bizarre distinction? And it's based on how their attention operated. 
when they were going down, they were really goal oriented. They were trying to get there. So I am using this body and I'm pushing into the future in order to get there. So I was doing the work and I was going into the world to arrive at the other end. Coming back, I wasn't, I mean, the focus was at the end of the road, but they weren't giving attention to that. They were giving attention to the trees that slipped past them. In other words, they weren't going, uh, they weren't going, well, the world was coming past them. It's like you're just standing still on a treadmill and the thing's just rolling past you. So you're not doing the work, the world is doing the work. You're not walking, you're being walked. So completely, exactly the same distance, done far more pleasantly, experienced a lot more, far more satisfying coming back than going down. It's quite miraculous. So, so that's this distinction that you're describing. It's the dis difference between being, you know, being the master of your life and allowing your life to come to you, having predatory attention, trying to get stuff from the world and allowing the world to come to you. Many inner traditions, all inner traditions work on exactly this skill. You can translate it into absolutely anything you do. And the rules are very simple, actually. The rules are make the activity complex enough to make the doing of the activity interesting and not just the result of doing that activity. Now, that has got nothing to do with the, with the activity. I mean, you can use any activity. The Japanese use tea, the making of tea. They turn it into a ritual. And so we often sort of refer to this thing as deliberately sacralizing your life, making your life not just a means to an end, but making your life sacred, making your life something which is annoying. You know, so, and how do you make yourself life sacred? You give good attention to what you're in, to what you're doing in the moment, and not just the result you're trying to achieve. And what this walking exercise helps to demonstrate, actually, is that it's not about it's not about uh, it's not about foregoing the result. Because when people are walking back, they can still see. I mean, they're still focusing on the trees where they're walking towards, but they're not giving attention to what they're focusing on. In other words, it's not saying don't have a goal, but don't give that thing your attention. Give attention to what's happening to you in the moment and do what you do in the spirit of wanting to do it well, rather than in the spirit of just wanting to achieve something. Make everything you do worshipful. Another question. You do not need to understand. You, you, you're not in charge. You've given up. You're in, you're in submission and you're in Islam. This is the part, your description of what you explain as being the station of the elite. Is there one path to this and how can we recognize that we're on the right path? So, so there is a station that one can achieve where your real experience is that your life is the most extraordinary miracle that has worked ex exceptionally beyond your ability to plan. And um, uh, uh, you, you don't make it, it is made you. Hmm. The, the dance the is no longer doing the dance, the dance. And that's the most exceptional experience. There's, um, 
I have a disquiet a little bit with uh, what the, how you're framing this to say there's one path. There's like one and only path. Um, I do think that that's not true. Mm. Um, I think that would be a dangerous presumption to have. Because as I said, you start this experience of being on the masala leaks off the masala and you start discovering that even the brushing of your teeth is the same issue. Dressing is the same issue. Making your bed is the same issue. Your deportment towards your wife is the same issue. It is all the same thing. Your entire life is the path. And all the activities of your life are the path. Now, I can imagine that somebody starts archery and something happens to the be them in archery that leaks out of the art, the, the, them shooting the bow in the same way that what happens to you in the masala leaks off the masala. Who's to say? I just know that what happens on the masala is being, it works for me, but um, uh, I wouldn't be prescriptive about that. I mean, I, who's to say? You know, some people, I don't know, they, 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 they do this thing singing, they do this thing dancing, whatever. They do it by martial arts, as you explain. Thank you so much, Sheikh, for that explanation. Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses. We will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etzko Skatema. Till tomorrow, Allah Hafiz from us all.